Malachi chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will come to his temple suddenly. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, indeed he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver and he will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. Reading from the third chapter of the gospel according to Luke, beginning with first one, with verse one. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Ituria and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight, every valley shall be filled, and every mountain shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So unlike normally, I have some notes on me and given all the distractions that are going around, that's probably a good thing today. But we've been asking each other some questions, or I guess technically I've been asking the questions, haven't I? Are anybody tired of being asked questions yet? Good, because i got one more. There's one more question I want to ask, and it's the last one we're going to ask like this this year. But before we get to it, I just want to revisit the others first. So I want to know, are you still in love with Jesus, church? Yes, me too. Now, what I, who said no? <laughs> he was te- hopefully he was telling his mama no about something. So, here's a question for you. Just something to ponder, and I don't mean this as an indictment in any way, because I believe you, because I've been your pastor here a while, and I know you're in love with Christ. I see it in you. But the question we might have to ask before we get to our final question is, do other people know that we're in love with Jesus? Or is it just the people here that we're comfortable showing our faith in front of? Does the community know that Adna is in love with Jesus? Do the people at your workplace know that you're in love with with Jesus. It kind of makes me wonder, if Henry, do you sing hymns to the cows? No. My dad walks around in the yard singing hymns to his dogs all the time. I wondered about that. Questions often asked by people, if you were drug into court and accused of being in love with Christ, would a jury of your peers convict you? It's a good question, isn't it? 
So the second question we've been asking is, do we have faith in Jesus? So church, do you have faith in Christ? I do. I see your faith in the things you do. I see the, the faith in this people, this core group of people that I took to this thing to, and their pastor asked them to do yet another thing. And they all just got excited and said yes. Faith is what allows us to work tirelessly for Christ and speak of His coming even though we don't see it. We walk around in a world that's full of bitterness and hatred. We walk around in a world that's full of distrust and we speak of the sweetness of Christ and the love of Christ and the hope of Christ, the joy of Christ, the peace of Christ. It takes faith, doesn't it, church? To keep doing that every day, to live that, to walk into another person's life who's suffering and trust that God will be you, be with you and use you as you walk into their suffering takes loving Christ and having faith in Christ. It's the only way it's possible. And it's what He's called us to do. That's who He's called us to be. And so I wonder, are you willing to trust our refiner with your heart? The prophet has promised a refiner. The prophet has promised a Lord who comes to His temple The prophet really promised a level of things. Number one is he told us that God's still speaking. Because God says, I will send my messenger. And he's told us that God will send people into our lives and into the lives of every human being to prepare their heart to hear the good news of the messenger who comes to his temple. And the messenger who comes to his temple is the risen Lord Jesus Christ. And he comes to you as his temple. Just as he came to that temple in Jerusalem. And the question he asked then is the same question he asks us today. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? And sometimes faith is simply trusting him with our heart. To know that how we begin this process of following Jesus will look different when we get to the end of that process. If you want to picture yourself as a piece of sugar cane or a sugar beet, it might mean getting chewed up along the way. It might mean getting processed. It might mean giving yourself to something that might hurt. Because there's pain in being refined. There's loss in it. I've told you all many times about the things that I was afraid of when I was going into ministry. I lost things. I don't get invited to cool parties anymore. What happened to me? I used to be fun. (laughs) But you hang pastor or reverend at the front of your name. Oh, don't invite him to the party. They got beer. I'm like, man, you know, it's okay. We all experience some loss in Christ. Sometimes we experience him taking those things out of us that we know are bad for us, but we love them. Remember when he told him, look, the problem is men love darkness. Remember that? He didn't say women. He said men. But we translate that now and say men and women love darkness. So humans love darkness. And all around us we can see that's true. And if we really examine our lives closely, we might see some dark edges in it where Jesus is still refining us. In our tradition, we call that being sanctified, being made holy. And what it requires is trusting Him with our heart. To love Him, to have faith in Him that He will do us no harm. To trust Him with our heart 
and expect that that might mean that later down the road we might look at somebody that we once hated and feel in ourselves compassion and love for them and embrace that. That's what that's going to mean. The founder of our movement, John Wesley, said that eventually we will come to a place where we love God and love our neighbor out of the whole habit of our heart because we've trusted Christ with our heart. And He is the refiner's fire. He is the one who polishes you, sends His Spirit into you to burn up the ugliness. Because let me tell you, how they refine silver is they drop it in a big vat of fire. It gets cooked and cooked and cooked until the carbons and all of the things in it that are impure rise to the top and those things are burned off and they're no more just like the sins that He's healing you of. So church, do you trust Him with your heart? Do you trust Him with your heart? It's okay to answer. It's a little hard, isn't it? Because we know that having our hearts pruned can be, faith, can be hurtful. We've experienced it. But later on, it will be all joy. We've been asking ourselves in pretty much just Christ the King Sunday, if we're going to say we love Him, if we're going to say we have faith in Him, if we're going to trust Him with our hearts and trust Him to change us, then we better decide ahead of time if we're willing to serve Him as Lord. Because that's where we're headed. We're headed to places that we might not want to go. To love people we might not want to love. To embrace things we might not want to embrace. To be inconvenienced. To be asked to show up at a church at 9 o'clock on a Saturday morning. And meet people we really don't want to know. Over and over and over and over again, it's my experience that Jesus loves to inconvenience comfortable people and put us in places that make us uncomfortable. Put us in places that make us scared so that we'll embrace the people that we're with. I experienced that in Nicaragua in a prison when I was asked to preach to people I didn't even understand. I've experienced it in ho hospital rooms and hotel rooms. I've experienced it in your homes. Those moments when everything looks terrifying before we see the good rise to the top. That's when we serve Him the most. In uncertain times. In those times where being a Christian is painful. In those times when making ourselves available to others is threatening. You said you love Him. You said you have faith in Him. You've said you're willing to trust Him with your heart. Are you still willing to serve Him, church? I see a lot of heads nodding. Makes me happy. It's the whole of my desire. And every time in myself when I see a desire come up that conflicts with that, I feel pain and hurt. And I regret what I am. But there's a promise in the text today that He's still at work in us. He's always refining us. Always. There won't ever be a moment 
in this life when Jesus stops working in you. Do you know how a silversmith knows when the silver is pure? Anybody know? When they can see their reflection in it. There comes a time when the silver has been so purified that when it's plated and flat, the one refining that silver can see his reflection in it. When sin came into the world, it broke the reflection of God in humankind. It broke the image of God in us. And since then, God has been at work bringing out a process whereby we can be refined and made new so that we can reflect God's image again. But you know, there's something true about an image. It's light bouncing away from whatever it is. And the image of God isn't meant for us to have and cherish for ourselves. The image of God that's being refined and restored in you is meant for your neighbor. It's meant for the clerk at Walmart that checked you out. It's meant for the policeman who pulls you over. It's meant for every person you ever come in contact with. For them to see the risen Christ in you. The last question that I wanted to ask you this year as we moved into Christmas, is are you willing to tell other people about Christ? Which in essence is to ask the question, are you willing to let people see your reflection in Him? Now, you know, a bar of silver, chunk of silver ore doesn't have a choice of whether or not it gets put in a cauldron and set on fire, does it? It doesn't have a choice of whether or not it yields to the silversmith's hands. He's going to pick it up and use it. But our God has given us the choice. When Moses crossed across the river with the children of Israel, he looked at them and said, Today I've set before you life and death. Choose life. He was saying to them, Be refined. Be made the sweetness in this world. Because that was their job was to stand before the world and demonstrate the sweetness of a loving God. People twist the Old Testament these days and want us to see in it a God who's not loving, but somehow Jesus came and showed us a loving God. And that's a heresy that was condemned with Montanus who, create, Montanus who created it. God has always been loving, and God has always been at work working to refine us and give us a way. And now that holy messenger, the holy refiner, has come. His name is Jesus. And if we'll submit ourselves into his hands, we will be refined. But if we won't submit ourselves into his hands, we will be the filth that is burned away. So it kind of comes down to us, doesn't it? We say we love him. We say we have faith in him. We say we're willing to let him work in our hearts. We say we're willing to serve Him. Are we willing to let Him immerse us into suffering so that we can be changed? Are we willing to let Him immerse us into situations that might make us uncomfortable so that we can be changed? Are we willing to allow Him to immerse us into loving people who don't look like us, talk like us, sound like us, eat like us? 
Are we willing to let Him immerse us into the world in such a way that every day we become more and more like Him? The promise in these texts, if we're willing to do that, John the Baptist says, if you will repent, you can follow the one coming after me. He came and called the people to repentance. And dear ones, honestly, repentance is the hardest part of being refined. It's where the pain is. Because we've got to admit we've been wrong all along. We've got to admit that the way we've been doing things hasn't been right. It's not working. That our, our work to save ourselves is falling flat. To turn from chasing the world and to turn and chase Jesus is hard work. It's not popular work. It's offensive work. You will lose friends. You will lose the respect of the world. But you gain the reflection of God. So it kind of comes down to us to choose which we value more. Being applauded by people or reflecting the sweetness of God in the world. So I ask you again, church. Are you willing to allow others to see Him in you? You have a chance to respond to that today. Simple yes in your heart, yes out loud. We got a short final hymn, so I'm not going to invite you to come kneel down and pray. <laughs> And about four inches of sleep by now. But I want you to know that I'm committed to helping you get there. And to helping you as you experience those sufferings and those hurts. And to help you see God's hand of renewal in them. Because He's polishing you. So I ask you, are you willing to let other people see Jesus in you? Let's sing soon and very soon. It's a song about seeing the King. Perhaps it'll speak to us today. <laughs>